The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. A very happy Wednesday to you all, ladies and germs. Getting the day rolling with a little Fantasy NBA Today. That's the name of the podcast. I am your host, Dan Bespris, and I hope you guys are off to a good morning. Tuesday was fun. We'll be breaking that down here momentarily. We have a very large, a robust Wednesday card to get a grip on. Lots of gambling angles on this Wednesday. This is an 11... Is it an 11-game slate? Am I getting that right? Oh, it's a whopper. It's a whopper. You got guys out on rest. You've got revenge games. You got all sorts of stuff. You got an injury to Killian Hayes. That was the news of the morning. So let's dive right on into it. Before we start, I should let you guys know what the hell you're listening to. I already told you it's Fantasy NBA Today. I already told you I'm Dan Bespris. You can follow me on Twitter at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S. B-R-I-S-D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S, or just Google search Dan from Hoopball. I am very busy on social media, so I'd very much appreciate it if you guys joined me over there. It's a fun spot to continue our fantasy discussion throughout the day. Hoopball, got to follow their news feed. You must, must, must follow the news feed. That is at Hoopball Fantasy. If you're following me, you need to be following that because they've got all the news that comes out. I don't catch every little bit of news, nor do I find every bit of news to be worth retweeting. So follow at Hoopball Fantasy and get yourself going over there. If you've been listening to the podcast now for a couple of weeks here, running up to the season and now into the year and have been enjoying yourselves, please do take three minutes and drop a five-star review on the show. This is me getting down on bended knee. I beg of you all. If you write something nice, that's even better, but you don't even need to take the time to do that if you don't want. Just drop a five-star review on the pod. Make sure you are subscribed. That is how we move up the board. And as we move up the board, more people see it. It becomes a weird, positive feedback, self-fulfilling loop kind of thing. So uh, help us out on that regard as well. Let's talk about Tuesday's results. It was just a five-game card, but it was an interesting one. Kevin Durant, we found out yesterday, out for a week due to COVID protocols. He was exposed but had the virus back in the summertime. Still has antibodies, according to reports. So this is very much a protocol thing. He'll be back in exactly one week. Didn't matter. Injured star theory in full effect. Kyrie Irving said, I gotcha. Put up 29 points. Hit his first, I believe, seven shots before he finally missed one. 29-6-5. Five threes, three steals. Kyrie is straight trucking so far this year. Uh, he is number five. Cat, by the way, is number one. But a lot of that is because of a limited sample size, things that probably wouldn't have continued through the entirety of the season. Harden, number two. Jokic, number three. Steph, four. Kyrie, five. He's been one of the best picks in fantasy so far this year. Uh, he's played in seven ball games, just the one rest day, 33 minutes a game, shooting 50% from the field. I'm sure this is a jinx, but he hasn't even missed a free throw yet. Dude's hit what, 24 out of 24 this year? That is nuts, man. And that dude is falling to the end of the second round. We know why, because there's fear of injury, but he is rolling. Jared Allen into the starting lineup and was brilliant. 19 and 18 with five defensive stats. He is locked in now. He's number 56 
on the year in only 24 minutes a game, and that appears to be on its way up. Congratulations if you took Jared Allen like around pick 100. You've got yourself a fat winner because it didn't take Steve Nash nearly as long as I thought it would to turn DeAndre Jordan into the little bench scrub that he should be at this stage of his career. Now, admittedly, he was in foul trouble, so the minute split probably a little bit tipped towards Allen, but you're talking about more like a 27-21, 28-20 in Allen's favor, and that is great for Jared Allen. Karis LeVert, he'll be decent for the week while KD is out, but he's got these massive holes in his fantasy game. I don't know why we keep playing this ridiculous adventure with Karis LeVert. I don't know why. I mean, I know that right now he's inside the top 80 uh, because he's shooting 92% at the free throw line and 2.2 combined defensive stats. We really just need that dude to get moved. That's the thing. If, If the Nets are healthy, which they haven't been all season long, but basically when the guys have been in there, Levert's been outside the top 120. When the guys have been out, someone, anyone, or both, remember the game where they both rested and he played 38 minutes? Overtime game, 28, 11, and and four with five steals. Yeah, that's exciting. And we know what he can do with that fat usage. You have to hang on to him because if he gets moved, he turns into a monster immediately. As it stands right now, there will probably be enough KD and Kyrie rest days that he'll maintain value. But it's um, it'll be very much an up-and-down path to whatever he gets to this year. Utah came in and took this game for granted. They've been playing pretty well, and they thought, oh, good, no Kevin Durant, and then they just got smoked. So throw this one out. Rudy Gobert was kind of the only jazz. Well, Donovan Mitchell was okay. That survived this one. Everybody else was clunky. They'll be fine. In fact, they've got a back-to-back tonight, so an opportunity to kind of wipe this one out real quick. 34-point loss. Let's, uh, Let's forget about that one. Lakers at Grizzlies. This is one of the ugliest games I think I've ever seen. Teams combined for 30 turnovers, but only 24 free throws. I don't know how nobody fouled one another while the teams were also shooting 44 and 41%. Why am I mad? Because I had the over in this game, and by all accounts, now the pace did slow just a hair in this second game, but this game should have ended at about 215 based on pace. But thanks to no free throws, high turnovers, bad uh, field goal percentage for pretty much everyone not named AD, LeBron, or Gorgie Jang, this game went way under. I mean, this was so ugly right from the beginning. No one could hit a shot. No one could hang on to the basketball. And no one could get to the free throw line. But forget the betting side for a moment. On the fantasy side, the Lakers' center position has turned into a timeshare, which was always a little bit of a fear and and not the reason, honestly, that we avoided Montrezl Harrell. We avoided Montrezl Harrell because I don't like his free throw shooting. But it's turning out to be fortunate because defensively he's bad, so they're just not going to let him play 30 minutes a game. He's going to be out there for energy, and when he starts to run even a tiny bit low on energy, he gets yanked. AD is back. God, he's been really good last couple of ball games. I think he does. He have six steals and six blocks his last two games. Am I remembering that right? Yeah, I mean, it, it, even if even if I'm getting that off by a block or two, uh, no, that's right. Yeah. Six steals, six blocks over his last two games. That is uh, pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. So Anthony Davis, who was in the 70 range, is now number 20 after two games. And uh, right now his free throw numbers are low. So that's all. He's, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's going to be good. He's playing himself into game shape, and he's, he's getting closer. Memphis side is the more interesting fantasy side, at least. Brandon Clark started and played 28 minutes against that 
robust Lakers front court. They're a tough one, man. Only three rebounds for Clark, but a three ball, three steals, and a block. He's starting to come around. That's good. Tyus Jones, you know, fill in. Slow-mo, not unexpectedly, slowing down a little bit. Not unexpectedly. There, there, there's just no way he was going to keep up the pace he was at. Here's the thing now. Slow-mo's actually outside the top 100. It happened while no one was watching, but somehow he slipped hard here. His field goal percent is low. His numbers across the board are pretty good. 16 points, 8 boards, 3.5 assists. No steals, no blocks really so far. He's combining for just one between the two of them and two and a half turnovers a game. So there's there's a disconnect here where do the steals and blocks come around a little bit? Maybe he hasn't been as good as everyone would want you to believe. So I think there's like some of us, like I was a little bit slow on the pickup there, I'll admit, because I thought, you know, JJJ or Justice Winslow, these guys will come back and squeeze him eventually. He's probably going to get playing time kind of regardless of what's going on. But we're seeing now some other weird limitations surfacing in ways that we didn't expect because he historically he'd been pretty good with steals at least. So maybe those come around. Scoring is is dropping. That'll dip. You knew he wasn't going to average like 25 points a game this year. Uh, still worth owning. Not, not at all a drop, but just sort of reminding you guys that it hasn't been quite as insane as it seems. DeAnthony Melton got in there uh, back in the ballgame, played 16 minutes here in what is more or less the season debut. He did play in their first game of the year before hitting the COVID list for the next five games. He didn't play between the 23rd of December and yesterday. So they'll let, they have the conditioning back up. He has a great fantasy stat set. In 16 minutes, five points, five assists, a steal, a block, and a three-pointer. The question really with him is always going to be, is he going to get enough shots to do something with it? Is he going to be aggressive enough offensively to turn it into fantasy value? You could squat on it if you wanted to. I just, over the last week, forget week, over the last two days, there's been enough free agent news where I don't think you need to sit on a DeAnthony Melton. But he should claw his way towards that top 100 zone, and, and there's a little bit of room for upside if... He gets a little more aggressive. That's the key. We need his usage to not be like 12, be a little bit more like 18. Last night it was 23, so that's a good sign. But again, he was only in there for 16 minutes. Minnesota kept it tight with Denver until the very end. Then uh, Nuggets pulled away. Minnesota hit a three ball late to make sure that I didn't lose my bet on the Minnesota side. Juancho Hernan Gomez had a good ball game. I don't know that we can expect that to happen again immediately because... He doesn't usually get five threes or three defensive stats or shoot 71%. One thing that I think you can expect is D'Angelo Russell to be better than he has been. And this game was sort of the, hopefully, the first sign of things to come. Russell was outside the top 140 prior to yesterday, but came in in that ballgame, scored 33 points, 11 assists, two steals, four three-pointers. That was finally... I would argue his first good game of the year, and that good game makes him a top 60 guy over the last week. He's been fine a couple of times, but he really hasn't been at all good. But it did change things. That that game changed things in a big way. He's still shooting 65% at the foul line. That'll come up a little bit. Steals, threes, points, that that stuff is all fine. The assists, maybe they trend up a little bit. Other note from this ballgame, Ricky Rubio played 21 minutes, it doesn't look like that number's going up very much. He did pick up five fouls, 
And I'm actually okay with a dump. I like I said going into this ball game, I said, look, if he doesn't if he doesn't show something in this rematch with Denver, because we're now two weeks into the season, he needs to, he needs to be learning his teammates at this point. And it seems they're they're pretty well married to D'Angelo at the point and Malik Beasley at shooting guard, which doesn't leave much for Rubio, because Anthony Edwards is going to get a lot of the backup guard minutes off the bench. Same with Jarrett Culver, who's a starting small forward right now, but. You know, he can slide down as well. Jared Vanderbilt played well in his 23 minutes, uh, missed a bunch of free throws, otherwise a very good ball game. I'm not going out and grabbing him. Uh, you know, all of this stuff is fill-in work because I do think Cat is trying to get back soon. I don't think he wants to mail in. Uh, I don't want to say mail in, but I don't, I don't think he wants to miss another year of basketball. That would That would hurt. Spurs. Jumped out to a big early lead over the Clippers. Clips almost came back on him, but didn't quite get there. Kawhi Leonard was very good, 30 and 10. Patrick Beverly had a rare uh, surfacing of a basketball game with 20 points. The hell that came from. Eight boards, eight assists, six threes, two blocks. This might be Patrick Beverly's best fantasy game ever. He's number 118 on the year, thanks to largely that basketball game. So, no, this doesn't change the outlook there. Nick Batum with uh, no Paul George in this one and still no Marcus Morris. He woke up for a good one. He's been decent so far this year. He's been long streamable as number is inside the top 70. But just be aware that the wheels will come off with that when this Clippers team is fully healthy. Luke Kennard got a Paul George bump with him out as well. Uh, had nine, six, and four, and you know he needs volume to be a guy, so not doing much there. Lou Williams figures to be a big streamer play tonight with probably both Kawhi and PG out, although we'll see on uh, on that one. I think that's the expectation right now. Uh, Clippers should be a weird team. Zombie Clippers tonight. Nothing I'm changing really on the fantasy side. Looks like Serge Ibaka has won the center battle. Ivica Zubats has dialed back down into the high teens in minutes, so he's not anymore, at least, a must-own guy. For the Spurs, Derek White, with the uh, re-breaking of his toe, that means Lonnie Walker is going to see some extended run here, but his fantasy game actually isn't all that good. Uh, Kawhi shut down DeMar DeRozan, but the Spurs got plenty from Patty Mills in this game, who had 27 points. DeJounte Murray bounced back with a nice one. Keldon Johnson, 9 and 11. And then, uh, LaMarcus Aldridge came back, and he actually looked pretty good in this ballgame. He looked a little more spry, took 16 shots, didn't make many of them, but uh, nice to see him get a couple of rebounds and just sort of look alive. Rudy Gay, the story. 25 minutes again for Rudy, 16 points, 7 boards, an assist, 3 three-pointers, efficient. Rudy Gay is a thing this year. He's number 110 in nine category leagues, and I'll tell you right now, Field goal percent, free throw percent are trending up for Rudy. If that keeps going in that direction, he's inside the top 100. In fact, if he puts up these numbers for the year, the small sample size guys will probably fall behind him. I keep expecting the Spurs to run out there and Rudy Gay to start laying eggs, but he's been really good so far this year. He's a nine-category guy, and I'm good with continuing to hold or slash add him. He's owned in every one of my leagues, largely because I have him in a couple of spots. But, yeah, he's a guy. He's a thing. Portland, first game home after a long road trip. Got off to a really hot start and then just ran out of gas. They had nothing in the tank. It's the magic of the first game home. There's just something weird about it. Otto Porter, big double-double, 19-13 with four three-pointers. He's been awesome. 
Kobe White. We heard before the ballgame that Dame was his hero growing up, so we sort of should have known he was going to have a big one. 21-10. and 10. Uh, Garrett Temple was actually very good in this ballgame as well. Both teams had a ton of three-pointers. I don't know that you change the valuations of anybody on the Chicago side, really. Zach Levine had a poor shooting game, but uh, orchestrated pretty well. Patrick Williams played 25 minutes, and he was he was decent in them, pretty good. That Young was pretty good. I mean, none of these guys are moving uh, across the board, basically. No one's getting across the cut or, or ad line, at least that wasn't already there yesterday. Portland side, news on the Portland side, Rob Covington. 14-6, and six, a steal block, and four three-pointers. Played 36 minutes. Almost led the team, actually. He was just behind Dame. Played 10 seconds less than Lillard. So those of you that are afraid with Rob Covington, dude is playing as many minutes as his body can handle right now. And he's now, with that ball game, he's inside the top 100. So here he comes. He's on the way. Steals and blocks are probably going to keep trending up. He probably won't have the block totals he had in Houston when he was playing center. But the steals are going to be... Large. They always are. So just, yeah, you're good. And then the biggest news, arguably the biggest news of the night, Yusuf Nurkic, 28 minutes in this ball game. They are trending up. Had 12 and 11 with six assists. It still wasn't a great ball game. Did have a block. Didn't shoot the ball well. But he's trending up. This is conditioning. It's coming. Your window to buy on Nurkic is on its way down right now. So if you have any opportunity left, this would be the time to do it. Before we turn our attention to the big Wednesday card, I want to remind everybody to sign up for an account over at mybookie.ag. Love them. Love them. Mybookie.ag. Make sure you sign up for an account with promo code HOOPBALL. Don't forget that part of the equation. Promo code is HOOPBALL. And then holler at me on Twitter, at Dan Bespris. I may still have a prize for you. I don't know. I might be out of them already this week. But it's only Wednesday, so it's possible I have one or two left. So sign up now. Don't make your first deposit. Hit me up first. Hit me up first on that. At Dan Bespers, and I may have a prize for you. MyBookie.ag is the website, but you got to use promo code HOOPBALL when you sign up. Otherwise, can't do anything for you. MyBookie.ag. You bet. You win. They pay. Heavy Wednesday dose. 11 games. we got to move through these at a pretty good clip. Uh, or we'll be here all day. Luckily, Tuesday was short, so the recap didn't take uh, quite as long on today's pod. Houston is at Indiana Pacers, favored by one and a half, total of 225. We'll, we'll do this one. Yesterday, I, I, went, I went through all the games on a sports betting side and then looped back and did the fantasy news. Uh, we'll, just, we'll just do them both at the same time today. Oh, by the way, a uh, piece of news that broke in the middle of the night that folks may have missed. Alec Burks apparently is out for at least the next week even though he got upgraded to questionable. So I guess he wasn't as close as we thought. And that is super annoying. But you got to hang on because he was great this year before he got hurt. What a pain in the nuts. Ah, well. Okay, Houston, Indiana. Uh, Pacers are just sort of the better team here. I will say, though, Indiana is slowing a tiny bit. it's It's almost imperceptible. But if you look at the way their games have gone on the year, the Pacers uh, got off to a a very strong start. They beat the Knicks by a lot. They beat the Bulls by a lot. They beat the Celtics in a tight one. Then they lost the Celtics in a tight one. Then they beat the Cavs by 20. And then all of a sudden, they just lost to the Knicks, and they barely squeezed by the Pelicans, who are actually a relatively good team. 
there's just there's this ever so slight slowing going on with Indiana. So I do lean in their direction on the betting side because Houston is still very much trying to fit their new pieces together and against a good team, Houston now kind of finally playing a good team with their new pieces. Those types of things get exposed a little bit more, but uh, don't don't get nuts in this one. This should be a relatively decent ball game. Harden can keep teams in it by himself. Fantasy wise, yeah, I mean you're watching Houston. I, every game for me, at least, is an opportunity to see what Boogie Cousins' role is going to be, and you're sort of you're kind of tracing a line with him. And getting ejected in the last one screwed up that line trace. Is you know are his minutes trending up slowly? Does it go from like 11 to 13 to 14 to 16 kind of thing as they work him into game shape? Or is he really going to max out at about 16 minutes a game this year? That would surprise the hell out of me. This is still Boogie we're talking about. I know he's coming off multiple series, serious injuries where he hasn't really played basketball in almost two years. But it's still Boogie. And he still has that lightning-fast fantasy game. And he's still interesting on the basketball court. He does stuff that other guys just sort of can't do. So I got to think he's going to slowly ramp up his minutes. If you invested in him, you got to stick with it a little bit longer. Indiana, not much there. Seems like Justin Holiday's won the fill-in job, although I'm sure if Aaron got super hot or McDermott or whoever, then they might snag a few of those minutes. But yeah, not much there on the fantasy side. Cleveland at Orlando. Magic favored by 5.5, total 214.5. Nice low total here in this ballgame. Uh, this is a rematch. Cleveland got beat 103-83 a couple days ago in a very ugly offensive performance. I think they'll come back and play a little better in this one. Darius Garland likely to miss another week, it sounds like. So you've got Philinitis with Cleveland. Hopefully that doesn't derail everything that was you know, starting to go a little bit right for that team. Orlando, super easy to handicap, so we can just uh, kind of keep rumbling along from this one. Washington at Philadelphia. This is actually a rematch of opening night, well, the big opening night, where Philly won by six. So this line reflects that, even though, I mean, I got it. Like, when I saw this line, my first thought was, what? Because Philly has been very good. Washington's been ramping up a little bit. They're starting to figure out how to fit their pieces together a tad. And so if you've got two if you've got two things both teams playing well uh I think you probably just have to dodge them both. I would consider so yeah, I mean thinking about this one all the way through. I I like Philly cuz they're clobbering people i like washington because they're on a little bit of a revenge kick here so yeah let's uh let's leave that one alone with washington the um from a fantasy standpoint it's good to see davis Bertans minutes trending up i think other than that things are pretty well locked in same deal on the philly side that's a that's a relatively uninteresting fantasy game atlanta favored by six total of 232 they're taking on the charlotte hornets this evening is this the one where trey young gets his legs back he's looked a little bit lethargic in the last two, I know he scored a bunch, but he had eight turnovers in their last loss. With Charlotte, they're all over the map, man. I could not tell you when the hell they're going to wake up on any given night. The thing here, of course, is it's not that heavy of a spread for Atlanta to cover. If this was more like eight or nine, I'd probably take Charlotte just because with Atlanta, they can score a ton, but they're, they're really not, they're not locking in on defense, and I don't know that they will much this year. So you, you figure that with underdogs, they can often come in and kind of hang with them. I love to, 
the Hawks as an underdog themselves because they're always going to be they're going to score enough to stay tight, but they're also not going to play enough defense. That's it's kind of the Portland Trailblazers syndrome on the other side. So uh, betting wise, not much there. Fantasy wise, with Charlotte, you're just sort of you know I'm out on guys like PJ Washington and Miles Bridges and stuff like that. I'm maybe they'll convince me at some point, but I'm not. Uh, not super thrilled by that stuff. Utah on the back-to-back. They're in New York. That line's been on the move. It opened it at 5.5 or 6. It's up to 7.5 now for the Jazz. Knicks back home after a great four-game road trip. This is letdown time for New York. They just got word that Alec Burks is out for another week and a half. Week, week and a half. Utah just got thwomped by the Nets last night, so they didn't have they didn't have to travel. So by that account, they didn't really get... They didn't have to play too much. That was like a tune-up game. I like Utah here, even as a road favorite. Low total tells me that Utah is going to be focused in on the defensive side. Knicks don't run all that much either. Fantasy-wise, Utah is uh, nothing. New York, we'll see if Nerlens Noel gets back in there. I still think Mitchell Robinson is underrated from a fantasy standpoint. Go grab him. Boston, Miami. Boston on playoff revenge. They've circled this game. Miami knows they're coming in, though. They know they're coming in hot. And the Heat are going to be ready for it. This should be a good ball game. Miami favored by two and a half, total of 218. With Boston, we'll see if Marcus Smart's back in there. I've got to think he will be. I think he wants to play in this game. Tristan Thompson, who got the night off, he'll be back in there. Miami, they seem to be largely healthy. Is Kelly Olenek still the starting power forward? If so, this could be a fun one. He's, he's rumbling right now. Might as well use him while he's hot. Milwaukee and Detroit, this is a rematch from a couple days ago. Bucks favored by 12. Detroit's been hanging in there with some pretty good teams. I just, I don't know, man. How many times can the Pistons really stay tight to the very good teams and just barely hang on and cover like they did or even perform a little bit better than that? Teams aren't taking them seriously. Uh, I'll admit I didn't get a chance to watch that last Milwaukee-Detroit game and you know, did Milwaukee just sort of snooze their way through it? Because if so, then they might be inclined to do that again. I'm leaving this one alone. Pels, eight-point favorites over the... Oh, sorry, wait, fantasy stuff. Detroit, yeah, watch this game for the Detroit side because with Killian Hayes out with a labrum tear, someone's going to have to pick up the pieces. Is it going to be Derrick Rose? Is it going to be DeLon Wright? Is it going to be some weird combination of other guys like Svi, Mikhailiuk, and the rest of the bunch? A must-watch game to find out what Detroit is doing because there could be something there. If somehow this is the thing that gets DeLon Wright uncorked, then, oh, hell yeah. But... I don't want you to waste a roster spot all day today if you got to dump someone interesting, do it. Because he could end up still playing 18 minutes, and that's not enough. Okay, now the next ball game. Thunder in New Orleans. Pelicans whipped them in Oklahoma City last week. They're favored by eight. Thunder should have their normal allotment of guys. Uh, they're coming off getting beat the hell out. I think Miami beat the crap out of them in their last ball game. They've got the normal starters. Pelicans, normal starters, all that stuff. I'm a little bit soured on Josh Hart lately. I know he's rebounding like a monster, which makes him very interesting, in particularly in roto formats, where you can then plug a guard into the lineup if you need to catch up in rebounds or something like that. He's, he's very useful in that regard. Overall, though, uh, from a 9-cat standpoint, he's like top 160, which is not a startable number. Toronto at Phoenix, Suns by three. This is about... I think somebody, if you've been watching basketball really closely this year, you might look at this and think, oh, is this a trap because Toronto's looked terrible and Phoenix has looked pretty good. But this is just power rankings, you know? Toronto's been consistently overrated throughout this season so far, and I don't know why tonight would just be the magical night 
where a line does something weird. Toronto still gets bet on for reasons uncomplete. I mean, it, you know, un, not completely unknown. This game opened at one and a half and jumped in the Suns' direction. So it's it, you know it's not that surprising at all. That low number you might have thought was weird, but at three, this is fairly expected. Power rankings wise, these two teams came into this season pretty tight. In fact, I'd say Toronto was probably ahead in power rankings at the start of the year, and now it's started to come back a little bit. Chicago on the back-to-back in Sacramento. Uh, thought about going back to the wool, uh, the the uh, the well on this one. Well with the Bulls, the Wolves. Um, but I don't know. I I have this weird feeling in the pit of my stomach that Sacramento is gonna gonna something's gonna pull them together. And maybe it was that De'Aaron Fox post-game presser. I don't know. They could continue to just soil themselves because they looked a total mess in the last ball game. But things are always sort of darkest before the dawn. And that last game against the Warriors really felt like the dark moment for the Kings. I would not be surprised at all to just see them run the Bulls right out of the gym. So I'm leaving this one alone, even though I do have a lean to the Chicago side because they've been playing well. They've been playing well. Oh, fantasy-wise, uh, Toronto, you know, I, I dumped Norman Powell in a couple of spots. I think this might just not be... There, there's something foul going on in Toronto. I'll, I'll happily pick him back up if his minutes trend into the mid to high 20s, but something's weird. A lot of weird stuff is going on with that team. Phoenix, they're... I think we know what to expect there. Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, Mikhail Bridges, all these guys are sort of settling in, and then Jay Crowder is your fringy guy. Chicago, Sacramento, you know, the, the Kings, it's all about what Marvin Bagley gets to do on a night-to-night basis right now, and it's been... Bumpy. Clippers, probably down both superstars. They're favored by a point in Golden State against the Warriors. Maybe Paul George is back. It's weird to see them as a road favorite if both stars are out, but we, we're fairly certain Kawhi Leonard is resting this ballgame. Warriors are getting going right now. Uh, I don't know how you would fade a team catching fire. That's, again, you, you don't, yeah, they might lose this ballgame. Absolutely. You know, Clippers are a formidable bunch with or without superstars. Anything can happen in the NBA. It's just not a great idea from a betting standpoint to step in front of a train. Don't do it. Wait until the train starts to slow down. Catch it when the value exceeds the performance. And with the Warriors, that hasn't happened yet. They've had a couple of good ball games. The value is starting to catch up. They were undervalued two games ago, and now they're probably more properly valued Clippers are probably still a hair overvalued because star power, star power. I mean, that's that's really what it comes down to. So, um, you know, with injured star theory stuff, you you lean in the Clippers' direction. But I, with the Warriors playing so well, I think you probably have to leave this one alone. And from a fantasy standpoint, Clippers are all about streaming tonight with stars out, but nothing really critical to watch in that ball game from a season-long perspective. So I think your season-long stuff is... Uh, you know, a guy like a Kelly Olynyk in Miami, that's a thing worth watching. Detroit with Killian Hayes out, likely long-term, at least six weeks is the the, the marker. We're, I mean, you're talking about near the end of February, probably when he comes back. So whatever you do there, it's not rest of season, but it's like half a season. That's a pretty big deal. So uh, that's even longer than a long stream. We need to come up with a, a new hashtag for that one. The... Um, Sacramento, you're you're waiting to see what the hell's going on with Marvin Bagley. That's kind of in the mix a little bit. And then, you know, just generally old guys, how they're performing. Oklahoma City's got some old guys we've been tracking since the start of the season. 
uh, Charlotte, you've got these fringy guys. Can they? They're not old necessarily, but can they kind of hold water? So that that's your that's your plan for the day. And then Houston, Houston, and we're we're fortunate they're going early, so we'll get a nice look at them early in the day. Uh, what is John Wall settling into? What is Boogie Cousins going to be doing? There's a lot there. Eric Gordon with everybody healthy now. A lot going on, uh, and a lot of games that are not super fantasy interesting, which is nice. I mean, with an 11-game card, you don't want to have to watch all 11. We can kind of laser in on about four key games that might have guys moving on or off of rosters that could make a difference for your team. Houston's a team to watch. Miami, Detroit, those are probably the big ones. Maybe Sacramento. Maybe Toronto. So, you know, four or five teams, something in that neck of the woods. Should be a fun one. We powered through that, didn't we? Well, that went quicker than I expected. And I don't know if I should apologize or say you're welcome. Because you're just going to have a little bit more time in your day today. I will take this second at the end to remind you guys again that the Hoopball Discord is trucking right now. We loaded up about another 10 to 15 people yesterday. Just uh, some of you guys already premium subscribers, some of you guys now diving into the premium subscription pool. If you're listening to this podcast and you are and 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 you're big into fantasy and you just want that extra edge, you want that access, the pro access, go get a fantasy pass for 4.99 a month. There is no commitment right now. At the beginning of the se- before the season during draft, the draft season part of the year, there was a six-month commitment on that because, you know, you were getting the Brewski 150, you were getting the draft guide, all that good stuff came with it. Right now, uh, you're getting the in-season stuff, which is a month-to-month deal. So it's $4.99. Activate it. Hit me up. Get your Discord code. Join the fun in Discord. Interact with the pros, the experts. Ask them about all your trades, your ad drops, everything you got going on. They're, they're populated. Guys are going all the time in there. And if you hate it, you can cancel it. I don't think you will. I'm extremely confident you will keep it going because it's great and it's a monster tool for fantasy. But it's $4.99. It's $4.99. Again, just, you know, skip a latte, skip an, a dinner out. Uh, not out. No one can go out. Skip an ordering in right now. You can have a fantasy patch for the whole year. Or if you're in the gaming stuff, that's $9.99 a month. And you're getting like 15, 20 plays a day. Most handicappers sell their single-day card for $25 to $30, and you are getting seven handicappers for a full month for $10. That's also worth checking. And there's a Wager Pass Discord, which is pretty sweet also. DFS Pass is only $1.99 a month. I have no idea what we were thinking with that price. So check all that out. That's all at hoop-ball.com. Do me that massive favor and at least think about diving in with some of that stuff. If you want to do something for me for free, Again, a five-star review on the podcast would absolutely mean the world to me. As I've mentioned before, it's uh, it's a little bit of a pain in the butt to find at times, but if you're on an Apple mobile device, open up the podcast app, and you have to go to the search button. So even if you're already subscribed to this podcast, it's not easy to find it. Go to the search button and type in Fantasy NBA, and I think by the time you get to that, this show pops up, Fantasy NBA Today, and then the results have the listing of shows up at the top. Don't scroll down because it'll show you the episodes you've already got on your phone. Click on the name of the podcast up in the shows with a big icon and scroll down to the bottom, and that's where it is. You can drop a review right there. If you want to write something, awesome. If you don't, 
all, still awesome. But please, 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 would love a five-star review. That's part of how we grow here. Subscribe, and uh, won't you love me, please? <laughs> I know. Dan's so thirsty today, as the kids say. Uh, again, at Dan Vespers on Twitter, we have one opening on the DFS team. Please do hit me up if you're interested in jumping over and becoming an analyst here at HoopBall in our DFS division. Uh, you can email teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com if you don't have Twitter. Again, that is teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. Hit me up on the social media. I'm sure we'll have questions throughout the day, what to watch for, uh, gambling breakdowns, all that good stuff. It is all happening, everybody. And by the way, we're working on trade stuff. This, I think, is kind of a new big project to work on where we're crowdsourcing what it takes to buy and sell particular players and trying to find that midpoint where people can start to make the trades that we talk about on this show. It's one of my biggest issues with fantasy analysis is that pros say, and I've done it, I'm guilty of it as much as the next guy, to say, hey, it's buy low on this guy, but we never tell you who to offer. We never tell you the right matching price with social media. We're going to figure that out. So uh, follow me over there. Get involved. We're going to talk to one another all day. It's going to be fun. Have a great Wednesday, everybody. Enjoy the monster NBA card tonight. We're back at you Thursday morning. Same time, same place. So long. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.